And the and the song fades out at probably like the coolest part of that song too, with all that junka junka junka. It's awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you couldn't tell from that intro, we've got David from uh, the vocalist of Fear Before the March of Flames, and um, he's uh, got a new project called Memory Drip, which we're going to talk about as well. But um, uh, so much to talk about, uh, you know, not only in the realm of hockey, but just uh, such a career with fear before i mean like you guys put out four records over like six years and had such a paradigm shift in in music from that first record to the last one even you know with changing the name you know dropping the you know the the march of flames and stuff like that i guess that's what that's where i'll start just because that's a, a question that's always kind of been interesting to me um what made you guys decide to to drop the whole band name and just go with fear before for that last record um well I think we changed a lot as people mm-hmm. and um, and musically as well. I think we we thought we earned it um, and kind of grew as people too. Um, and that kind of wears you down um, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we we kind of grew up in the suburbs and um you know you know the the Christian Catholic upbringings that we were brought up in and whether we wanted it or you know grew out of it um you just changed and um, I just think that it, it's just different. Um, that, that fear of, yeah. of who you were raised as and, um, it's just, it's just not who we were when we started. Sure. And, um, I think there is um, a, just a, a detachment that mm-hmm. we felt that we earned. Um, and everybody called us here before anyway. Or anyway, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, oh, and, and when we changed it, it was like, oh, I liked you better when you were F-B-T-M-O-F. It's like, yeah. well, you can't even say it once. So. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Yeah, like you, um, have to, you have to abbreviate it. Yeah, yeah. it's like, um, it was a mistake. Um, I still think that if we came back today, um, I think we would still call ourselves Fear Before the March of Flames. Honestly, so it was a lofty goal sure. um, to... Um, the, 
it sucks to talk about this as an unfinished um, entity mm-hmm. because in my head, I wanted it to be four self-titled releases. So wow. it was okay. supposed to be Fear Before, and then it was supposed to be uh, the, Mar- uh, the March of Flames, and then it was supposed to be Fear Before the March of Flames. It was supposed to be like literally like a That's bunch awesome. of self-titled things and it was supposed to be four of them so we only got through one of them yeah (laughs) um it's hard to talk about because it it just didn't see itself to to fruition yeah um and it's just um it's unfinished it's just like in so the it's past. Like, so I guess it's like, but it's like a never say never sort of thing, right? Like, you know, if, I, if you guys... I, I feel like um, music and bands should never go on hiatus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's music should just exist. Sure. And you could take five years, you could take 10 years, you could take 20 years. Yeah. It's just, if you have something to say, you can put it out. And sure. And you don't have time is it's it's a sand through an hourglass. And that's kind of like what my um, new band Memory Drip Mm -hmm. is literally the 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 name Memory Drip is, you know, sand through the hourglass. It's like it's just time and it's it is what it is. Sure. Sure. So, yeah, let's let's kind of explore a little bit about memory drip. So, you know, again, my, my ignorance and not having a, a chance to have heard it yet. Um, you know, what are, what are we expecting? Like, as far as, uh, the kind of music it is, is it, is it as, uh, you know, like aggressive or experimental as, you know, fear before was, or is it a little bit more straightforward? What, what uh, you know, what kind of music are, you know, is driving memory drip? Um, so this project, I will say that I had no expectations of ever putting music out ever again. Oh wow! Um, uh, mm-hmm. It's not. It was not in my. Um, it wasn't in like your purview. So it just kind of I was not. Yeah, I was not um, pursuing it in the slightest. And during the pandemic, um, do you know the band Teenage Wrist? Oh yeah, love them. So during the pandemic, I was watching YouTube and I was watching a Teenage Wrist live YouTube thing. And um, Marshall, the singer guitar player, was reaching down to his pedal board and he had a Fear Before tattoo on his arm. (laughs) (laughs) And he had just um, taken over full-time vocally um and so the bass player cam they're they're from cam and marshall are from colorado i had never Mm. really like talked or cross paths formally formally like met marshall really like we had talked but like i never really knew who he was and i just was like hey i know you took over 
vocally fully and he just really like your new record and he's like yeah. hey uh what are you doing musically I, do you want to do anything and i was just like hey man if if you want to do anything i would i would do something if it was with you and that's kind of just how it started and uh he does the the teenage risk guys play with 303 that um hip-hop hip-hop like power poppy group yeah Mm -hmm. i remember that i never thought that that band would be mentioned twice in a row like literally on our last episode they came up as well that's so funny so So funny they were playing like a red rock show it was still during the pandemic it was like half capacity red Mm -hmm. even though it's outside it it was still during the pandemic sure um and he was like, I'll come out a couple days early and see if we can write a song or something. Oh, or that's sick. That's awesome. Can, like, if we mesh or anything. Mm-hmm. And we wrote a song. Um, we wrote Teacher Nurse. It was one of the songs on our EP. Cool. And we wrote that song in a day. And um, that was the first um, thing we did. And Awesome. Um, that's like the beginning of our band. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is just like very, really cool thing. And it's like yeah. the first thing I've done in over a decade. So sure. I just really didn't think that I, it was like one of those things where you just kind of lie to yourself and say, I don't want to, just because like opportunities don't arise, you kind of just say, I don't want to do it anymore Sure, because you kind of have to, mm-hmm. um, and it was hard, you know, like part of my identity died when like the band went away. Like Fear Before yeah. was the only band I've ever been in mm-hmm. and it was, it lasted 10 years. So sure. when it was gone, I just kind of, I, you know, I got married and then my wife had an affair and then and then another affair and then it and then i got divorced and then i just i just kind of disappeared into my own like depression so i get that this is um my way out of that Um, awesome and it's taken 10 years to do um Mm. so you know it's um a special thing that marshall has like gifted me it's awesome um, and uh i couldn't be more grateful and it's like a a slow burn it's like sure. uh it's um and now that it's started like i i only know like one gear it's like now Let's that go, it started right? it's like oh well we have three shows and it's like in one week it's like Oh, we have a show in the Springs, and then the next day it's Denver, and then LA sold out show with wow. Gatsby's American Dream. Yeah. And now we're nothing. And now Teenage Wrist is on tour for the rest of the year. Yep. <laughs> and my drummer is in two bands, and he's in Europe for <laughs> it's like I only know like one thing or the other and i'm like really trying to just like 
pace myself and figure mm-hmm. it out. And I, yeah. I, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> that's, that's tough, man. I get it. I mean, especially, you know, having, you know, been in a band for 10 years, that was, you know, like, like you had said from the word go was out there writing and touring and, you know, just constantly filling up your time. So I can understand how going from a whole lot of something to a whole lot of nothing could definitely um, put you in a funk. But I know Mikey had a question for you. I, I didn't mean to cut him off. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. You, you mentioned that Gatsby reunion show that you guys played and opened for. So like, you know, Fear Before and Gatsby, I wouldn't say are necessarily like comparables. Like they're not necessarily like similar, except like, I guess, geographically, you know, they're in the Pacific Northwest and, you know, you guys being in Colorado, I'm sure you guys did pick up, you know, some similar, I guess, scenes at that point. But like, when did your relationship with those Gatsby guys really develop and keep going all these years later? Well, back in like the early 2000s, nobody would tour with either of our bands. And we had a mutual friend named Garrett Sheeran um, who had moved from the Pacific Northwest to Denver or Littleton and or Highlands Ranch area, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's kind of how we met. Um, and I think that's really just how we connected as friends. Um, and nobody would tour with our bands. So it was really through like things like mp3.com. <laughs> this is like before MySpace, before oh, yeah. any of that like social media stuff. So it was really connecting a couple shows together. So we would play like, I think we would play maybe Salt Lake City and Aurora or, you know, Thornton or like some, a couple like Colorado, Salt Lake, um, Seattle, um, Redland, um, some suburb shows and string them together. Um, bands that nobody would really give the time of day to. This is like us, um, Gatsby's, and Anatomy of a Ghost, which is now Portugal the Man. Sure. Um, another band from Lawrence, Kansas called Salt the Earth. Um, which was on a label called um, Anxiety Records, which they they did um, the um, uh, Furnace Fest, yeah. uh, and they got us Fern uh, Anxiety Records got Fear Before and like. The, like salt the earth in like best buys like on like sampler cds oh wow before we were even on rise records before wow. we were on equal vision we, awesome. we were they would give a like our sampler cds away at the register before we were even in those stores <laughs> wow <laughs> and like um 
those are just opportunities that like don't exist anymore. Oh and, yeah. No way. And that was no like way. back now, in like 2002, 2000. Yeah. Now that now the whole thing is, um, you know, getting on, getting on a playlist, you know, like that's kind of like the new getting on a sampler, you know, back in the day. And you know, like right now, like if it, like Spotify has been really cool to us, like um, zero, zero music um, news websites has mm -hmm. written any articles about memory drip. Okay. Um, the only thing that anybody has done for us has been things like you guys sure. or um, um, our friend Dewey that was in um, Anatomy of a Ghost, Portugal the Man, mm -hmm. um, his his um, podcast, um, Peer Pleasure Podcast. Okay. Um, he's done a podcast for us. Awesome. Um, another podcast, um, Lo-Fi Horror Guy, he did a podcast for us. So this is Sweet. now my third podcast. Nice. So thank you guys so much. Like, but it's so weird. Like you would think that, you know, having a, like a, you know, somebody like Marshall or, you know, um, you know, my drummer, Justin from Caspian, um, love Caspian, you know, it's like having members of fear before teenagerist and Caspian somebody would write an article about it. Yeah. But, you think it would generate some buzz, you know, it's, mm, um, yeah. um you have kind of have to have like somebody, some pain, like person, like somebody writing an article for yeah. you to do it. It's really interesting. It's all about who you know. You know, yeah. the music business, unfortunately, it's it's always been that way. It's, you know, I remember uh, I was in like some like janky punk band for, for a while and uh, we put out like a split 12 inch and we got like a little two paragraph blurb in like a in an alternative press, you know, like, and you know, we wouldn't have been on anybody's radar if it wasn't for the fact that like one of the guys in my band was like good friends with Scott Heisel, who was like writing for alternative press at the time. And he's like, yeah, you know, throw it my way. Like I'll, I'll, you know, write a review for it. And we were like, holy crap, you know, we're in alternative press, but you know, that's the truth of it is like, if you don't really have that, that um, background of people and especially like, you know, in, in a case like yours where, you know, granted teenagerist and Caspian are active bands, but you know, like you being, you know, a decade out of it, you know, it's, it's kind of tough yeah. because, because all of the contacts that you may have, you know, made when you were in fear before are people that have, you know, since moved on themselves or, you know, are doing other things. So, um, well, yeah, I'm an owl. I'm a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah. But you know what though? I, I, I applaud you for, for, you know, stepping out of the shadows per se and, and, and making music again, because if it, if it's not for, you know, a band like fear before the March of flames, like there are a lot of bands who probably wouldn't exist in the plane that they do today. You know, I mean, you know, I, I don't know what your take is on it, you know, being from, you know, inside the band and, you know, looking outwards, but looking outwards inside, you know, I always thought that you guys were kind of right ahead of the curve. Like, you know, I remember when uh, Odd How People Shake came out and I remember thinking like, 
you know, wow, this is, this is really good. And it, you know, has, you know, some semblances of being melodic and, you know, there's these really catchy choruses and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, art damage rolls around and it was just so much more visceral, but I feel like that transition, you know, writing post-hardcore and then kind of making a little bit more abrasive was something that you guys hit on the head before a lot of other bands did. So, you know, I think there's like a legacy there and and I'm sure if you, you know, turn to some bands today, like even, you know, a, a teenage wrist who, you know, they sound completely different than fear before ever did, but, you know, having a tattoo on his arm means that he obviously, you know, took, some, yeah. took, took something from you guys. And I'm sure a lot of other bands did. Yeah. I, I, uh, I am so proud of like what we did. And I sure. think the coolest thing that, we were able to do is you know change it up yeah um, the, i i i really all the bands that i still love did change a lot between records whether that's yeah. you know like whether that's um like bjork or like mm-hmm. back or oh yeah Back for sure. Even if you don't like every record, um, whether the, if it's like Smashing Pumpkins or or Beck or you know any of those like legacy groups, sure. um, I think that's very important to to mm-hmm. not like. Even if you try to do the same record every time, it's gonna, it's not going to be cool. Oh yeah, yeah, you no know, way. Like, it, it could never be as cool. Even if you try to do that it would totally suck i mean i feel like i feel like there are some bands that do that and and not because they're necessarily a one-trick pony but it's because i mean like i'm gonna catch flack for this but like i'm just i have to say it i feel like a, a band that falls into that trope is like is like a no effects right like i mean as much as i love so long and thanks for all the shoes and punk and drublick and War on Errorism and all these great records. I think that like if you took songs from each record and put them on a playlist, I think the only way you would decipher that they're different entities is just like the production value. And and that's not yeah, necessarily I know what you mean. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And it's not necessarily a bad thing because I love to listen to no effects because at least with no effects, like I know that if I haven't listened to punk and drub, like in five years, like I'm going to turn it on and I know exactly what I'm going to get. Yeah. You know, I know I'm going to get this cohesive, awesome punk record that, you know, has transcended yeah. things. And, you know, but I think the beauty in, in music is watching bands um, change over time, you know, because the reality is if you write a record when you're 21 and now you're going into the studio to write a record when you're 35. Like there's just no way there's no, that, that 14 years that you've lived, there's just no way that you're going to be able to capture whatever lightning in, in, in a bottle that you had when you were that, you know, 21. Yeah. And I always kind of wonder too, you know, to jump off of that. And I'll, I'll ask you this question. Um, you know, from the beginning of the cycle to the end of the cycle, you know, I, I remember reading somewhere that um, you guys had kind of made a conscious decision to not play stuff off of Odd How People Shake. Um, now, I guess, was that just because you guys had felt that you'd matured past it? Or was it, were there, was there another reason that you didn't want to really have those songs in the cycle? 
Yeah, yeah, I, 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 and I think that was another reason that we did do the name change. We thought we didn't wouldn't mm-hmm. have to play those songs anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, we went back on that a couple times. Um, yeah, I know you guys have played Brightside a couple of times, right? Like that's like kind of the one that that made its way through. Yeah, and then you know those. The thing about some of that stuff is, you know, it is camp. So it's like, it's not even like, um, mm. you know, some of that stuff is like written, you know, just about like horror movies. So it's like sure. not even like real life experience. So mm-hmm. if once you get some of that stuff under your belt, you kind of want to only write about that. And sure. maybe like, maybe that changes things and maybe like maybe it doesn't like reflect who you are as a person or Mm -hmm. like or or like um what your mission statement might want to be so um if you kind of like say say you're on a tour where you only get a half hour and and you just put out you know an album like the always open mouth yeah you want to play that music and you know you're gonna give away three to five minutes to something like that it just doesn't quite add up and um so that's kind of where the name change made sense to us Mm -hmm. and i don't i don't regret that but mm-hmm. nobody's gonna really understand it and it'll never quite add up to anybody in the long run anyways so it's like yeah i, I kind of think it's it, a tough it, thing right it'll never like... make sense to me and it'll yeah. never make sense to anybody else either so mm-hmm. um it should just kind of i always kind of wished it could be two bands and we could do two different tours or two different sets yeah and that's just like another lofty goal that is just like i don't even i wish i could do that (laughs) i wish (laughs) i could just go on tour with my own band and do two sets and you know Mm -hmm. take a 15 minute breather and then come out and play another set of a different you know era yeah you know it's funny that you you say that um uh mikey and i are both from long island and uh um downtown yo dude there's there's a video i gotta find it somewhere there's a video of you guys playing and very clearly me like dancing Hell like, yeah. Dan- like some, I don't know. I, I think it's my buddy. At Devin. the downtown? At the downtown. Yeah. I think it was the Evergreen Terrace tour. That's if cool. I'm not mistaken. Um, you have to send that to me. Yeah. I, if I, if I can find it, if my buddy can find it, it was, uh, it, it's, it's pretty awesome. So one last question for you, just cause this is another, you know, piece of curiosity for me. Um, so I know the first, you know, I was just doing a little bit of research kind of going back. And so it looks like the first headliner that you guys did, was um 
with um, uh, well, a band I wanted to talk to you really was about Hot Cross, and I think it was Hot Cross and I think 65 Days of Static, which is a, a pretty pretty gnarly tour package. Um, but Hot Cross, man, I mean, like you know, so I, I don't know. The, um, was that with um, who else was that with? Tom didn't do that much research, clearly. No, <laughs> I, I, no it's a. Uh, I, I found it. It's a. Uh, I think this will this will destroy you. Was on it with you guys too. Okay, yeah, yeah. So the question I had really about Hot Cross is, I mean, like, so you know, you guys being like kind of a mid two thousands experimental post hardcore band. I mean, now you've got Hot Cross on the road with you, and I mean, like, they've got dudes that were in like Sasha and like all of these like instrumental screamo bands that like you know were in the 90s like nobody cared about them you know they had such a small you know like discord following and it was like that was it but you know now the 2000s come along and a lot of bands are taking what they had done you know joshua fit for battle and Sasha and page 99 and all those kind of screamo bands and are now making it a little bit more mainstream so i just wanted to know like did you ever get to have any like cool conversations with them about what music was like, you know, a decade before you guys. And, you know, you know, did you, did you end up getting to have any of those conversations with those guys? No, you know, like they're like way more down to earth and I don't Hmm. know if we really got into too much of like the old stuff. Uh, Got it. It was, they could have been like, totally closed off and if they wanted to be in and not even talk to us if they wanted to yeah um but they were just very open and awesome. just very just embraced just being sweet very kind and open awesome. to us and um they didn't I don't know. All the bands that we toured with were just so nice to us. And we were pretty young um, back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's weird because, you know, now uh, I'm 40 now. And, sure. you know, I look at bands now and I don't, when I see them on stage, I'm just like, I don't even know how old anybody <laughs> is anymore. I can't yeah. tell. I just can't tell how old anybody is anymore. It's a um, it's it's a tough thing, man. It's um, you know, when it's like know, watching this... hockey, truly. Like when you yeah. look at the oh, watching, yeah, like watching the is way sadder. It's way sadder. Guy in the league is now like retiring and he was a goalie. <laughs> He's like, yeah. It, it, it's sad. I mean, like like when I throw on that hockey, moment, when I, though, when, when I throw on hockey, real, oh yeah, realized that we were older than yep. pretty much every NHL the player, entire NHL, yeah, and, like, and it, then it was like, ah, oh, do I still wear like jerseys of these eighteen and nineteen year olds? And I, I kind of just accept it. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the scary thing about about getting older is just like you don't, you think everything gets older with you, but the reality is, you know you've got, you know, a kid like Owen power and I can finally say like kid, 
and mean it because he's like 20 years old and you know like he's becoming you know one of the best players in the nhl i mean you've got your rules yeah he's so he's so good and and i mean like but you've got all of these young guys i mean you've got your you know and even if they're a little on the older side but like you know you think of dry and nugent hopkins and like all those you know people playing on edmonton and they're all young and they're all just like so good and it's just like you can't imagine and it kind of makes you think like what a guy like gretzky or lemieux like think about these like these new kind of generation of of players because they're so much different you know like yeah. you there's not a chance you could do what gretzky did like you couldn't just camp out behind the net and not get blasted into oblivion these days like you just yeah you can't do it you know yeah so it's a different different it's a, it's a whole different beast and it really is but uh you know i i love i love to see the progression of things whether it's in music and hockey and you get to see it in uh, in a lot of cool ways. But before we go on, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about one of our, our really cool sponsors, uh, Raycon. They are a, a really cutting edge company and they make uh, some really, really incredible, um, you know, audio components, headphones and earbuds. So, um, you know, if you're getting a coffee that's like five bucks and our bank accounts are always, you know, depleting, uh, we're entering what we like to call a dupe session. You know, most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate or a dupe is really crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. And one dupe that you should definitely not sleep on are the Raycon wireless earbuds. They're premium audio at the perfect price points. You can listen to whatever you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. So for instance, um, you know, I could tell you that I just spent uh, about 150 bucks on a pair of uh, Sony over-the-ear headphones. Um, love them to death, but, you know, I, I don't like to take them anywhere with me or anything like that. You know, so having a pair of inexpensive earbuds that you can just throw in your pocket, you know, kind of your everyday earbuds um, are, are a really good thing. And, you know, Raycon's mission is kind of to prove that you don't have to spend an arm and a leg to get quality sound and smart tech listening features. So you can get a pair and a spare and probably still pay less than you would with some of those other bigger brands, probably pay less than what I paid for my Sony headphones. But in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. Uh, Raycon offers buy now, pay later options. Right now you can pay as low as $18 a checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee, two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks extra. And they offer free domestic shipping and flat international shipping, which is awesome. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews, um, which is awesome. You know, uh, in this day and age, you know, having those reviews is integral to, you know, being uh, in having a great product. Uh, you know, they have noise isolation, awareness mode. Uh, crystal clear call quality if you're going to make any calls in eight hours of playtime, which is awesome. So go to buyraycon.com slash THPN. So again, that's buyraycon.com slash THPN today. Get 15% off your Raycon order. It's buyraycon.com slash HPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. All right. And now a quick word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Like oh, God. That's like so many ads. During the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right I now, new customers. Yeah, money. Yep. Can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Hell yeah. So the conference finals are set. We have Florida and Carolina, Vegas and Dallas, so it's a perfect time to just throw down some money on these conference finals. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. 
New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit, visit gamblinghelpline.com. Or in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 and older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Great, great read. Great read. You're getting so good. Um, So of the four teams that are left, you might know the answer to this, Mikey, because I'm racking my brain and I can't think of it. But between the four, obviously Vegas never having won a cup, but what what was the last year? Was it was it 1999 or did the Canes win? Canes won after 2000. Yeah, the Canes. Yeah, the Canes would be the last team of the four to win the cup. Yeah, Florida has never obviously. Yeah, and I remember when Vegas they got has to, never. Yeah, Florida so, got to the finals with Colorado, right? In '96, I think it was. Yeah, I think the NHL is probably happy. Correct. Yeah, I think the NHL is yeah. probably happy with the teams that have advanced because oh, yeah. they're non-traditional oh, yeah. hockey markets. Stoked. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course he is. Yeah, he's got to be. And you know, and the fact that you know you're we're seeing, you know, no one from the original six, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, the, the avalanche got, you know, dusted out, but you know, that's through no fault of their own. I mean, you guys yeah, couldn't, I mean, couldn't stay healthy, but you know, you look at all the teams that were in the playoffs that really, you know, people were looking at as, as big time contenders, you know, it was Edmonton. It was uh, the Boston. Boston, Boston, forget it. The Rangers, the Devils, you know, all these teams that everyone was like, oh, they could run away with this. And here we are with a Canes team that's been dynamite. And I hate to say that because as an Islander fan, it pains me. But I mean, like watching them play is just like unreal. And then the Panthers. They've simplified. They've they're 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 down to a science and Mm -hmm. they look good. Um, Tara Vinan's back. Mm -hmm. Um, That'll be good for them. Yeah, uh, it, that's going to be a good series. Um, so. Flor- Florida's rolling though, so yeah. If Kachuk can have a better series, though, he, yeah, he looked like garbage. He like, did um, the last series. So I don't know. I, I don't. I don't bet though. I, I'm just not a betting man, and I just. If I was a betting man, I would have just lost all my marbles. <laughs> like, this whole, this whole, yeah, this I, whole. But when, when you think about the four teams that are left, like for a non-hockey fan, there's not like a superstar name on any of the four teams. Yeah, like, it's not. It's not good for anybody who's not a hockey fan. That's mm-hmm. the thing about it that I don't like. Yeah. That's. That's probably not good for a non-hockey fan to just be like, who are these teams? Like, yeah, I think that's going to be tough. What is that swirly team? Like, I mean, like, if you end up, if you end up getting a cat team, (laughs) Florida Dallas or a Carolina Dallas Cup Finals, like for hockey fans be great to watch but yeah for non-hockey fans i I really don't think that anybody outside of hockey 
no could way. tell you what any of the logos are. Oh no, absolutely not. They did a really, they, there's a really funny, my, my wife is on TikTok and she like just, just does all this ridiculous stuff. And there's this family and it's a dad and it's like his son and the son's girlfriend and the dad and the son are like really Italian. Like, right. So they do a, uh, this thing where the son sits down and shows the dad all of these NFL logos. And he's like, tell me what team that is. And he's like, the only one I think he gets right is like the Cowboys or the, or the jets or something. But I mean, like the answers that he came tracks, up with, that tracks. <laughs> dude, the answers he came up with were just unreal. I forget what he called the Falcons. I think he called them like, 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 like sick looking paper birds or something. And it was just like, okay. <laughs> so I would love to see someone do that with the NAL logos. Just like ask like some poor unsuspecting like college girls. Yeah, I can't, hey, what I can't imagine what it would be. You know? Because like you, you, because you know the Avalanche, they'd be like, oh yeah, the A's. Ah, the A's. They're the snowy A's. Or just read the Carolina Hurricanes <laughs> roster. Like, uh, well, I won't even try to. I won't even try to. It's intense. <laughs> One time... Yeah. One time uh, I was in backstage, like hanging out with Every Time I Die and Goose. Um, he, he was our drummer from, uh, all, uh, sorry, from Fear Before. Yeah. Well, he was in Every Time I Die. And, and uh, Jordan he is an, an amazing artist. Uh, the guitar player from Every Time mm-hmm. I Die, mm-hmm. and they're in an amazing new band called Better Lovers. Yeah, great um, band. They just started their new project, um, but he did like uh, like art projects on like drum heads and stuff, and he was doing just like a you know the piece of the day, and he was drawing. Uh, every or and every time i die logo meshed with an avalanche logo oh i love that and he was drawing it and i don't know how many hours or you know maybe an hour plus and he was drawing and he was like oh it's a puck <laughs> and he was like you know it was like he didn't even realize that the avalanche logo and it was an avalanche and it was a puck in the avalanche. Dude, I'm today years old when I just figured that out. Oh, you didn't know either? I'm looking at your sweatshirt as you're telling this story. It's and I'm a, like, it's a puck. It's a puck. I'm to just me, realizing that I, now too. And I'm a hockey fan. To me, <laughs> It's it's '90s clip art to me. Uh, oh yeah, I don't even. It's it needs it a kind of yeah. It kind of takes uh, away from the logo now that I know that it's so corny. Yeah, I mean, I've thought it needs a revamp, but you can't really. You can't really. There's not many ways you can retool an avalanche on a jersey yeah that's, that's a tough one um one of the worst jerseys of all time ever i honestly don't think you can make a worse jersey is the um the stadium series 
um, jersey that they did um, recently. It's just that a oh, it's like it's it's crippling. It's uh, I'll pull it up on my phone. It's like the worst jersey of all time. Yeah, I think they like purposely try to make those jerseys look like traditional because obviously so many original six teams and everything played in them. But like a team like Colorado that doesn't have like a long, rich history, like how are you trying to make that look traditional? That sucked. That yeah. was like the worst. Ooh, thing yeah, I've ever I'm, seen. I'm looking at them right now. Like I, I see a yeah like a, a Kale McCarr one, and it's just like brutal yeah um it almost looks like to me like they're trying to make them look more like um, basketball or some shit like basketball or even soccer or something like trying to just make it look like more i don't know It, it it doesn't make sense to me but like what does make sense to me though is when you think about it right like the 90s were very yeah i know being a kid in the 90s it was like Shit had to catch your eye, right? So I well, mean, like, everything was trying to really copy the Mighty Ducks, like because that was yeah. so successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's where the fishermen came from. And there it is. <laughs> there it yeah. is. Dude, I'm telling you, like it's like that. Yeah. I that- mean, I, I I'm from Orange County, and I like I I did get into hockey because I was from Orange County and that's not a bad thing. But, no, um, and that, I don't know that that's an iconic, like perfect logo. Yeah. I, I, I think they need to go back to that shit. I hate the fucking, I can say, I can say, fuck yeah, no, you can. Yeah. Okay. You're good. Um, that duck foot, D bullshit needs to yeah. go away. To, um, I love that purple and teal that they had. Yeah, um, that one, that was cool. It was perfect. Um, I know that that I don't know what Disney owns of that that can't come mm-hmm. back or whatever, but I loved it. Um, it's iconic. Whatever. Mm. Um, it, they really need to just like rebrand. Um, but they won a cup on that, so yeah, exactly. It sucks that, you know? that's like kind of like a. It's still part of their legacy, so for sure. and that's totally fine. Like I, I think it's fine when teams kind of develop different identities over the over the years. Like maybe not the original six teams, like you know, that's tradition, like kind of keep that as it as is. And, you know, every once in a while, have fun with like the reverse retros and things like that. But I I think having a a rebrand every once in a while, sometimes some stick and sometimes some are awful. Like the Buffalo Sabres has has done it. Yeah, Yeah, they've done it (laughs) multiple times. Those white gold Buffaloes are beauties. beauties. And those... Those black, like the 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 black uh, um, evil ones, were so sick. I, I, I my dad's from Buffalo, and they're 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 my third team. And I grew up as a Bills fan because my dad's from Buffalo. I lost mm. all my allowance money as a kid to all <laughs> my dad's 
friends as a kid. Yeah. For all my dad's Super Bowl. Oh yeah. Like, parties. Those so. those four Super Bowls, no rings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you, you've got you've got your your uh your landy jersey up there. Are you uh do you consider yourself like a your jersey collector? Do you have a lot or I do not. This is really I had um ducks jerseys that were all knockoffs that were like the iron on ones that like peel like i played um i never had enough money to play as a kid i played street hawk like roller street hockey as a kid in southern california Mm -hmm. and i played goalie and like i stuffed a pillow in my (laughs) in my jerseys and like i hit i had so many like uh, those like orange balls hit the oh, no. oh yeah hit the like the ducks logo that they all just like came off and I'd have to iron it back on yeah. all yeah. the time. <laughs> um, this is really the only jersey that I still have and the only real one I've ever owned. Um, yeah, I, if I if I had the money, I would I would jersey collect. Like I know I I mean. I'm I'm bad when it comes to collecting as it is. Like I'm a, I'm a huge record collector. Yeah, and, me too. Um, I have probably, you know, 1500 2000 records, but I, I if only I, have one real jersey. If I would have if I would have kept my collection that I had originally plus what I have now, I'd probably be somewhere near like the 1500 mark. I'm at like 550 right now and I do live in like a 600 square foot apartment, so I can't really yeah. get anymore because my wife will murder me. But, um, um, but you know, it's so funny because like, I have like a system, like I, I I'm just going to show you my system real quick. Cause I got a record right here. So I just bought this midtown record, right? It's fucking great. Oh, record. Yeah. Uh, save the world, lose the girl. Right. So yep. if you can see right here, I'll bring it close to the thing. So can you see it? I got these labels that I put on them. Uh, there we go. Yeah, there we go. So I label them what press they are, what color they are out of what they are and put them in sleeves. And then I, you know, when I get a chance, I throw them in my cabinets and all that fun stuff. But um, so a cool way to transition is by talking about, um, I, I, I missed it. I missed it. It was just not on my radar, but uh, equal vision. I know just recently did a, um, a repress of art damage and uh, they sold out and they're not easy to get. Yeah. They're not easy to get, man. I was, I mean, I don't know if you're a Discogs guy like I am and like you go on there and you tinker around a little bit, but like the last time I was on there, man, they were like, and I'm talking about the, like the new ones, like not like the old school picture disc or like, you know, some of the, you know, original presses that you had. I'm talking like the new ones that just came out like three months ago. They're up on Discogs for like 60, 70 bucks. They're like, it's crazy. It just It was such an iconic record, you know? And I, and I love when labels, you know, repress stuff like that because it allows more people to, to get their hands on it. But yeah, it's better than letting it just go up and up yeah. and up. But like, I guess, you know, not knowing like the ins and outs of the music industry, how how does that work? Like, does Equal Vision approach you and say, "Hey, we want to, you know, repress art damage"? Do you guys have any insight that you want to give us or anything like that, or do they just do it? Not really. They kind of just say, like, you still owe us a hundred thousand dollars. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna like chip away at that. Well, okay. here's the thing is like we still owe them, but they've still made 
Oh yeah. A million dollars off of us, but of we still owe them. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's what I think is always going to be the, the case. You still owe anybody, but we luckily, still owe them because yeah. we still borrowed and they still made. Yeah. Know, right. It, I still a, love them. I, yeah. I won't get that like skewed. No, of but, course. Um, it's very. Mm, it's a shady business. Mm, it is. <laughs> and I don't like it. Um, mm-hmm. But any money that you take from a label, you owe back. So I get it. But that uh, label business is uh, outdated. And, yeah. Um, and it's not fair. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay. I I wouldn't sign a deal with them again. Sure. And um and that's why my new band's not signed to them. Good. Now is it does Memory Drip have distribution or anything like that yet or no? Are you guys still No. Working? It's um a better deal to just put it out yourself and like spend you know $1000 and have yeah. no nobody hear it mm-hmm. and only like a thousand people hear it yeah then you know a hundred thousand people hear it and and yeah all the quotation marks i put yeah. out <laughs> exactly and yep. and to be and oh a label a hundred thousand dollars 10 years later insane. while they still made all their mm-hmm. money so well, I, I still love um, yeah. Dan Sanshaw, mm-hmm. um, our A and R guy. I still love him and his family um, to death, and a lot of the people who work at that label. Um, I love a lot of their bands and legacy bands. I love a lot of the people who work there. A lot of the guys, um, mm-hmm. um, the band members of Bane. Um, oh yeah that still work there um and a lot of like uh, my friends um anthony green um and um i mean there's too many people uh bear vs shark i love those guys yeah they're they just got a repress too like today it just oh yeah Uh, (laughs) bars of gold their new band um or new not new but like their present band um uh, I mean, I'm trying to just like, um, yeah, equal vision was, a, it, it is still, but was like a, a tremendous, just a hard hitter. Tremendous. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I know. can't, I don't want to disparage anybody. I just want to say that like, maybe it's not the right fit if it, if it doesn't make sense that like, I just want to put out music and mm-hmm. not owe anybody money. I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, it seems, I, seems like it seems I, like that's I, a we novel spent, concept. We spent money though, like I, it's probably our own fault, but we were allowed to spend that money. Yeah, of course. Um, I don't know. Um, we, we had a conversation with um, with that band, The Sleeping, uh, a couple weeks ago. 
And, um, you know, they were, they were on victory. And I mean, you know, I'm sure you've heard the horror stories of, of bands that were on victory and, you know, the, the kind of. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, I will, uh, we're nothing like our equal vision is a billion, million, trillion. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Gajillion, trillion, million, gajillion tons better than anything like that. Yeah. Um, And, and, and it's just, it's such a shame because like when we were talking to them, one of the things they had told us was they're like, they don't even like, we've talked about this on a couple of different episodes, but like, victory has their catalog and victory has done whatever they've done with their catalog so much so that like even if they wanted to they couldn't take their own music and like press it onto an anniversary vinyl or like do something like that like everything has to go through victory um and of course their whole catalog is locked up in a vault somewhere Mm. sitting around not making any money you know, so the whole idea is like if Victory was smart, they would just be like, oh, the sleeping's back. Let's just put all of their records out on vinyl. And, you know, granted, will the sleeping see a dime of that? No, which sucks, which yeah. is miserable. But, you know, at least know. they could capitalize on it. But I, I just like I feel yeah. like you're 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 correct in saying that, like the way of the record label um you know, then versus now. And there are some labels that are getting it right. Pure Noise being one of those who like does great by all of their artists, but like it's archaic. It's it's an archaic model, you know, and it's, you know, and more, I think more and more bands, even when they're young, are learning to see what's on the paper they're signing because, you know, so many artists when they're young, when you're 18 and 19 and, you know, you show up to a record label and they're like, hey, we're, you know, we want to sign you and we want to give you guys money to make music you know, the stars in your eyes are just like, you know, like, Oh my God, someone, but then you're not looking at what you're signing and you're signing away your rights to your music, your merchandise and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, it's a, it's a predatory business and it's got to change. Yeah. I think all the problem that fear before had is we just overspent. Mm. um, Like, I mean, the only problem we had is we, you know, we spent two months in the studio for always open mouth and then mm-hmm. a month um, for the self-titled record. Sure. And, and we changed our name and we spent, you know, maybe like 30 grand on a, on a music video and i think 20 grand of that was our own money oh wow um and you know and then we bought a sprinter first year okay and it the transmission died in the first year and then we had to rent an rv to stay on tour Mm. and then uh rent an rv to stay on tour um and then um we backed into norma jean's bus (laughs) with that rv and then we couldn't pay our merch bill on that tour so like at the end of our like cd release tour on always open mouth i think we were like 100 grand in debt so it's like it took us 
a year and a half to even like pay that down. Yeah, I can um, imagine. And then like by the end of that, I think I, that's when like Adam, my guitar player, put us on indefinite hiatus and we never came back. Yeah. So it's like I, I never I never got to get us out of that because mm -hmm. it wasn't my decision. So sure. Sure. That's so tough. You know, yeah. I think that's, that's a lot like of it only takes one person to make a choice like that. So yeah. it's not like it's just not a fun fun thing when yeah, like, it only imagine. takes one person to like make a choice like that and it's yep. just like sad at the end of the day. Um agreed. Because it's like a marriage. It only takes one person to end it. It's true. Very true. Um, and I yeah. just love everybody that ever worked and like for us and with us. And I don't regret any of those like awesome times. And um, I don't like have any like ill things to say about any of that stuff. Sure. I, it's just kind of like hard. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. It is. Um, all right. So I have one last question for you. And I'm sure Mikey's got one last question for you, but um, I always like to ask this just because it, it, it is kind of a very, very interesting one. So let's just say you find yourself at an abs game and um, you know, someone from the office like comes down and is like, Hey, we're going to play a fear before song. Um, which one? Which, which one are we going to play? So of your whole catalog, um, if you could pick one, one song that you'd want played at an Avs game, goal song, intermission, whatever it might be, which one are you picking? Damn. Um, let's see here. Hmm. It's got to be a fucking banger. You got a lot of those, so I know you've. <laughs> it's got to be a like a posy one. I'm trying to think of the song titles right now. <laughs> no, you're, you're good, man. Um. Maybe um, God awful truth. That's a good just one. It's, uh, just because it's a fiery one. Yeah. But I don't know if people are going to get really pissed off and probably not like that one. I don't um, know, man. Like, that that's why this podcast is still going is <laughs> yeah. because there's clearly a huge crossover between alternative music and hockey. So, like, yeah, yeah. We, we actually, like, it, it surfaced about, like, two months ago there's this hardcore band in Jersey called oceans of illusions, like super heavy that played the intermission at uh, prudential center for where the devils play and like full on mosh pits during intermission. That's so, awesome. like, Oh yeah, I saw that. That was awesome. In the, yeah, in the concourse, right? In the concourse. Yeah. 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 yeah I love that. I, I thought that was awesome. People like, were like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> That serves her, like, what were they saying? I saw the comment section. It was super divided. You're right. They just did not get it. 
Yeah, but like at the same time, what other professional sport would even let a band like that in the yeah, building? Yeah, like what the fuck is up, Denny's? <laughs> like the epitome of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I I think you'd be surprised, man. They're they're playing some some cool music in in NHL arenas. That's awesome. Um, so I got so I did forget about this. So we normally have a third co-host, but unfortunately he's he's kind of sick with the flu. So he wanted to ask a very specific question. So I'm going to yeah. ask it. He said, <laughs> "This is what he said. He said, please someone ask about Tourette's guy and how oh, they were yeah. with it." So I guess you got to tell us that story. I tell you what, all that took was 200 bucks and a case of beer. Oh my God. And, incredible. And it ruined his whole persona. <laughs> like <laughs> we ruined that whole shtick because it like it ruined the whole thing because up until then everyone believed it. But yeah. and then we ruined the whole vibe because everyone was like, oh, it's just not it's real. Just, it's just a character. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I felt feeling. bad because yeah. up until then it was so believable. And then um it was totally edited because we could not play what they sent us. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. It was like, oh shit, he was dropping the hard F. Yeah. And yeah. it was like that's what that uh, guy likes to do. He drops hard Fs and hard this is and dude, I don't even know who that is. You I'm guessing this like a... is? you haven't seen oh no. Like, it's like look, early, early guy. YouTube. look it up. Yeah, he's it's like you you'll you'll chuckle, but like you'll also be like Ooh. cringe. Like, yeah, he was he was saying some cringy shit. But yeah, one so of my... like it was like early YouTube. We were we were watching a lot of like the G.I. Joe videos, like those overdub, like yeah, that's where uh, that's where the hey, kid on the computer came from. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> that was one of the things we were watching. And we got like song titles from things like that. And they were like, oh, maybe we can get Tourette's guy to do a commercial for us. And Equal Vision was giving us like two hundred dollar budgets for things. So we like we did a commercial. Um they gave us two hundred dollars, and we rented. Uh, we we bought like five gallons of milk and a clown or a cow costume, and we did the gallon challenge. Like oh, all, yeah. all of us did the gallon challenge, and uh, MTV Two Fuse. And what was the other fucking um, uh, like Canadian um, music? Much, much music. Much music. Much music. All, all was aired our commercial of us puking <laughs> the gallon challenge. Incredible. That would never air. No. Ever nowadays. But in no. the mid 2000s, we were all just puking up milk and and that was our commercial for a $200 equal vision budget <laughs> and then the other one was Tourette's guy for yeah that was just i don't know how we got that 
but we always offer it on uh, email. So hell yeah, sweet. So yeah, I just um, have one final question for you, David. You know, we we talked about how uh, the conference finals are are all laid out for us. So who do you think's getting out of the East, and who do you think's going to get out of the West? Or like not necessarily who you think's gonna get out, but who would you like to get out? Hmm. I mean, it's man, it's tough in the East. It's hard to bet against the the Florida Panthers right now. Yeah, with but, who they've taken down already. Like yeah, they're, they're prepared. I like. Um, I like how. The Hurricanes have simplified their game, though. I just hope that we're going to get game sevens out of this. I, I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not a gambling man. I just hope for game sevens out of both of these. Um, I think that Vegas looks better on the west side, um, but again. Who knows? It's it's gonna come down to goaltending. I don't really like the way that Ottinger's been playing lately, and I wouldn't bet on Aiden Hill. Um, but Ottinger hasn't looked good either, so it's really a, a roll of the dice right now. Um, shit, it's weird. It's not it's not the way I would have drawn it up. Um so it's just a weird Yeah. Weird it, it is, but well, you know, as, yeah, like, I, like it, rest, I, you I like it. I, I Any, like it too. Anyone that would say like that they had these four teams left is a complete Batman, liar. They would be lying to you. Yeah, they're lying. There's Absolutely. no way. And you know, I, I guess just like based on you know, some people that we've had on bar down breakdown, like I'm hoping for a Florida Dallas Stanley cup final, just for our homies, Dave Courtney and, and Kyle over at the stars. So like, I feel like that'd be uh really cool. And, and also, you know, they might put out some cool content. Yeah. I mean, with I, our uh, genre of music. I don't know. I, I think it's cool that, um, that Bobrovsky's had a bounce back year. Um, somebody who's really like totally gotten the like you know the the bounce back after taking the bag <laughs> you know, yeah. after you know totally not not having any good good years in in Florida. Um, it's really crazy that you know he's pretty much been a third string goalie basically and now just really carrying the team yeah um, they gave him it, enough money and enough years you would hope so right yeah right. yeah yeah it'll be interesting so i don't know we'll see we'll see we'll see we're gonna we're gonna put it all together before we uh before we get going um for memory drip uh socials anything like that that you want to just uh let our listeners know where we can find you guys and all that kind of stuff yeah it's just at memory drip um we just put out a cassette we only did a hundred of them we're gonna try to do vinyl this year um really the 
um, the other boys, um, Marshall is going to be full-time touring, um, in, uh, in Teenage Wrist and, um, Justin in Caspian and Som, his other band Som, S-O-M. Um, so check them on tour all year, but, um, just, uh, Memory Drip, um, is the band. Uh, we just put out our, our self-titled EP a couple weeks ago Sweet. and, and it's just a seven song. We did it all ourselves. Awesome. Um, and really just going to be writing, um, ourselves again this year. And, cool. Um, awesome. Yeah. Man. Well, thank so, you yeah, so much for, yeah, for taking the time to, to be on here with us. We really appreciate it. And, uh, um, you know, great episode, a lot of really great content on here. And, uh, you know, what we'll do is, uh, as the time progresses, cap, the salary cap is going to be so tough for the abs. Oh yeah. Oh, we, we'll, we'll take Devontae's back. You can send oh, that away. Fuck off. <laughs> we'll take middle them. six. The abs cannot do anything with their middle six. I I'll take, uh, Chris McFarland's job this, uh, this off season, uh, uh, Joe Sackett can hire me this offseason because I don't have a job. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'll be taking his calls. Uh, yeah. I'm open. Um, uh, I'll figure it out. Dude, imagine you get a you get a call from Joe Sackick and he's like, Oh, you're the were you the singer of Fear Before the March of Flames? I'll, I'm open. Uh, my number is <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, I, there's something going on with the abs and not hiring anybody for their middle six. They've been afraid to, to spend any money on their middle six for years. Um, they let everybody go and it's troublesome. I don't know what it is. They just there. There's a fear there, and it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, so the Islanders are basically made up only of middle six players, so we have that is true. That is... to spare. Like you, you, you want, want Cal, yeah, like Cal Clutterbuck, Josh Bailey. Yeah, like, <laughs> you name them. We got yeah. plenty of them. Yeah, we we do. And sadly enough, that's probably going to stay that way for until. They retire. Loom decides to yeah. go somewhere else, but that's another topic for another bunch day. Of, uh, bunch of shaven, shaven weirdos. Yeah. I know it's just so dumb. You gotta so shave dumb. your shaved face. Yeah, you they thought dumb. they thought they were gonna get Kadri. Yeah, right. <laughs> Dude, there are so many people. We the Islanders fans thought we were gonna, we thought we were gonna get Kadri. We thought we were gonna get uh, yeah, you got Aaron. Yeah. We thought we were gonna get all these people and. We got Bo Horvat, so make Cadre shave every day. Get real, yeah, right. No way. They they would have put an addendum in his contract for that for <laughs> sure. But hell yeah, man, this was such a great conversation to have, David. Thank you so much. Um, all the best, uh, you know, with uh, Memory Drip, and um, we will catch you. Uh, hopefully, we'll get you on next season, and hopefully, the yes, Avs will have a better one. Yeah, yeah. All right, sure, man. Sick. All right, take care, man. Take care. You too.